What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. This is Tribute Chats with your host, Casey Brown, personal trainer, strength and conditioning coach, blogger at powercakes.net, social media personnel, <laughs> and so much more. And someone who just wants to share the truth of everyone's story and bring people on here to know and recognize that we are all not alone in what we're going through, through our fitness, health, wellness, or mental health journey. And that is basically the roundabout of the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. We have now surpassed 3,000 downloads, which is unbelievable. I really was just like, I'm going to run with this for a couple months and it's a passion of mine and we're going to see what happens. And little do you know, we are freaking doing amazing and the support is amazing. And I'm just so freaking thrilled that you are tuning in to not only listen to this lovely voice, but to listen to the stories of these amazing freaking people. I am just pumped. We have We've had amazing guests already. We have some that are going to come back on. We have amazing guests coming forward. Um, I'm just, I'm just freaking pumped, guys. So I apologize uh, for the little delay. Um, I really do try my best to get this up once a week. That was the goal from the beginning. I've been doing pretty dang good with it so far. Um, unfortunately. Uh, I had a death in the family last week. Um, my dad's younger brother, uh, my uncle Vinny, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a sad situation as he was 62 years old and suffered with, uh, frontal lobe dementia. Um, and I will say that one of the biggest lessons that I think I take away in situations um, like that are that life <laughs> is precious and life is short. And as I get quote unquote older, because I know people kind of laugh when I'm like, as I get older and I'm only going to be 32, but I just feel like, especially with the last year, we have, I feel like condensed so much mental health, uh, traumatic experiences, anxiety, depression, uncertainty, fear. So many emotions were condensed into one year plus, right? Like we're still, you know, in this. And I just feel like we all have gone through things in our own way but also need to give ourselves that compassion that we have been through some hard shit in the last year and you deserve the compassion with yourself to know that you've, you know, you've done it and we're working through it and you've, stepped up for yourself and you've kept pushing. And when you lose someone that you love, it's such a time I feel to reflect on obviously all of the good times. Cause I feel like with that disease, that person was no longer there anymore. And it's, 
it's just a very, um, you know, it's a hard thing to watch. Uh, and they're in a much better place now. Um, but I feel like you, for me, it hits me in the way of like, I want to be, I want to do every, like, I want to do what I can and I want to do the best that I can. And I want to take advantage of the time that I have on this earth. And in a way that is not the balanced isn't always my favorite word, but in a way that I listen to my body and I listen to myself. And um, the more I do that, the more I can show up for other people and let their experience on this earth be impacted by me in a positive way or anyone that I come in contact with can be impacted by me in a positive way. And the more that I take care of myself to the best of my ability, right, the more that I can help other people. And so I hope that there's a little uh, Casey TED Talk in there today, but it was just sitting on my heart and I thought, you know, same thing with blogging. I've always loved just sharing, hey, what's going on? Like, how can I help others in my stories and also how I can use my own stories to help myself. And I think that that is exactly what this space is for me. And so I'm so thankful that you guys are here. And that kind of goes into honestly what a lot or what, you know, some of this conversation is today with Amy and Sarah, who are the unqualified therapists on today's episode. Um, these two ladies, holy crap, I had so much fun talking with them. I honestly felt like we were just hanging out, drinking coffee, and we were, right? Like we were hanging out, drinking coffee. They are Pittsburgh girls. I was connected with them through my girl, Jordan, who. I talk about in reference all the time. You can go back and watch her episode with Jordan Corcoran. But she got me connected with Amy and Sarah, and I am forever grateful to feel like I've got these ladies in my life and to have these ladies in my life. I feel like we connected. Their stories are amazing. Um, And speaking of just grief and loss, um, their story, uh, Amy's story with losing her husband and how grief looks different for everybody. Um, And then you've got Sarah who has been through cancer and we talked all things and they shared all things when it comes to, uh, you know, depression, anxiety, and basically, you know, they go by, we are badass women who have seen some shit. They are mothers, entrepreneurs, middle-aged women navigating life. And you guys are going to get so much out of this episode. As much as these topics, and we talk about this, as much as these topics, mental health, loss, grief, depression, cancer, these, these words can feel very heavy. Amy and Sarah have such a gift on lightening that load and being able to just have a human freaking conversation about this and a realness and being like, you know what? we went through this and this is how it felt. And this is where we are now. And some days are great and some days aren't that great, but here's how we're working through this. And I think that you guys will 
if you've never been through something, one of these big words that we use in this podcast, you will get something out of this episode. And I am so thankful to be connected with Amy and Sarah. You can find them. They have their own podcast at Unqualified Therapists. Their talks are freaking awesome. I've been listening to some of their episodes. They're too freaking funny. Um, They also, I will put all of their links in the description box. You can follow them on Instagram. You can follow them um, on their website. You can obviously would love if you subscribe to their podcast. The more the merrier, really. The more we talk about these topics, the more we can help other people. So head on over to Unqualified Therapist. Make sure you give Amy and Sarah a hello from True to You Chats, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Hi. Hi. I feel like I feel like I I don't know, I was like so excited for this. I'm like, I just get to like hang out with girlfriends. Like that's what I get yeah. to do. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun afternoon. So my yeah. dog is around here. Um, if she starts to get a squeaky toy, I'm putting her outside. But she uh <laughs> she just needs to be here at all times. Um so hi, I'm Casey. Nice to hi. meet you. Guys. Nice hi. to meet you. Hi. Silencing oh, my good. phone. Hang no, on. you're good. There I'm go. actually should have done that already. I'm so sorry. I like responded back like, yeah, 1.30. And then I'm sitting here at 1.15 and I'm like, wait, did I do something? And I looked and I'm like, oh my gosh, Casey, like you were all over the place. <laughs> wait, so. I just said, I told Sarah, I said, the second one says 1.30. So <laughs> listen, we'll go with 1.30. You're talking to the right girls. Trust me. Oh, oh yeah, my for God. Sure. Yeah. For sure. I always say, I'm like, an assistant would be great. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm a personal trainer. So I'm like, I would pay you in sessions. Like we could like you right. know, swap yeah. sessions here. Like yeah. just to keep my brain in, in line. Like, I know. That's all I need. Amy, that's, that's what we I should need. do is like swap like, uh, yeah. classes. And classes. Stuff. We yeah. could, I could take classes and shocker lessons. <clears throat> hey, Sarah, is my sound okay? Or do you want me to put, or should I get the mic? No, your sound's fine. Okay. Yeah. I just it's think actually it's really it's, clear. It's so weird that I can't hear myself, you know, because right. I'm, oh, I'm so used to, then. no, it's fine. It's fine. It's just that when we record, I'm so used to hearing myself. I'm good. Totally. As long, as, long totally. as you can hear me. Okay. Yeah. No, I can't hear myself either other than what I'm doing in front of myself. Yeah. And then I have these in, I'm quite the, um, the newbie at podcasting, but it has become <laughs> so like, I'm just so excited. Okay. So I'm, I'm nervous. If she starts to get crazy, I'll pause it. She's oh my God, just she's so cute. She's just right here. Like she needs to know. Yeah, like, she's it, like, I have no to matter, see you, mom. I have to see you. I have <laughs> to. It's only when I start talking. She will be outside. Nothing, no issue. The second I start talking, it's like every squeaky toy in the damn house <laughs> is in the living room. And here we go. You know? Yeah. So just I always preface, hey, I don't have kids, but I I do have a dog. So that's yeah. Sometimes. And kids are exactly the same. They know yeah, what they are. It's like, they're like, wait, we, you said to leave you alone, but I need this emergency thing right now. Right and now. The emergency thing is, is that my toe hurts? <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's probably what my dog would say. If she could say something, yeah. that's probably what right. she's saying. Now she's going back out. So we'll hope she doesn't see a squirrel and then we'll be good to go. But <laughs> so I already start recording. Cause this is just what we do on the podcast. I just, I am so not your typical, like, and I'm sure I feel like your vibes are very similar. Like I am not a ABCD ask the questions in the list. I, the conversation just flows. That's everyone that I brought on here. I'm a talker and I'm a listener and I like to just go with it. So I always yeah. start the recording because I will do all the intro 
on my own in the beginning, give you guys, make sure I run down everything you want me to say. And, they, and she literally grabbed a squeaky toy, this damn dog. <laughs> you know what though? Your <laughs> microphone doesn't seem to pick up. Yeah, any background I can't noise. hear it. Mm-mm. Perfect. If you yeah. start to, then I am going to quickly um, grab a little peanut butter and I'll get her to, sh- yeah, so <laughs> it never, she was just half asleep. Anyway, anyway, I digress, but, um, I'd love to just quickly touch on how we got connected. And then obviously from there, just, I'm so excited to dive into what you guys are all about. I've done my research on both of you. So get ready. Oh dear God. I'm oh just my. kidding. No, <laughs> I say that with everyone and then it makes you nervous, but it's really just, just, just the, the top of what you guys do. And then I obviously want to like, I just want to learn about you both. So we were connected through Jordan Corcoran, who actually is, she kind of, her email between us was so beautiful. She's so amazing, but Jordan was my high school soccer captain in in high school. So Jordan, if you could even guess was our captain, of course, she's amazing. (laughs) Naturally. Yeah. yeah. Naturally. She was the captain of our team. Um, she was a couple years older than me and we all just looked up to Jordan as like that older sister. And it was like, she was safe. She made everyone feel comfortable, um, from a very young age. And I feel like her and I were always in that same mindset of, of wanting to help people, even from a young age, her and I connected on that. Um, yeah. and so Jordan, I, we did a podcast episode together. She's like number four. I had her like way now we're like, now we're 21. Not that we're super far in, but hey, she we're was, like in the same spot. Yay. Okay. Good. Yeah. So she was like number four. Right. And mm-hmm. I knew she needed to be on early because of her, her story. But, um, you know, I always say we never knew Jordan struggled with anything because it always came off. Like she's got her shit together. She's the high school captain. She's a boss lady at a young age, whatever. In the middle of one of our soccer games, she had a panic attack and went running off the field. Her mom came running down. Our coach went running. Nobody had ever seen Jordan ever even have any sort of inkling that that would even happen. And I remember the, the feeling that set into our whole team, like, whoa, like there's something going on behind the scenes that we had no idea. It kind of, um, it hit us all in the gut because we know how Jordan is. And we saw that. And that was really my first introduction to someone in high school, having a moment with mental health and being myself, my little background is, um, it's, it's a whole story. I won't get into it. My people already know they're like, Jesus, Casey, we've heard this a million times, but <laughs> I have uh, anxiety from a young age, eating disorder when I was 10 lasted for a couple of years, spiked back up again in college. Um, I'm very open about my story and about, and now I'm a personal trainer. And I feel like we end up going into the, the areas that we almost struggled with the most to help yeah. people in those areas, not do what we did. And so I feel like that's where my passion comes from and fitness and, and molding mental health and fitness and how that, that truly comes together. And, and Mm -hmm. so that's, so Jordan, uh, we, we kind of cut up a couple of weeks ago and she's like, I have these, these people I want you to meet. And she listed five different of her clients. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. I want to, I want to meet all of them. And you guys were obviously on that list. So I'm so excited. Um, we have Sarah and Amy with us today and Jordan was speaking so highly of you both and how, what she really, uh, hit home with me when we were, you know, talking about what we might talk about was just your, uh, and I feel like I fall in with you guys, that approach of something that can be so, 
um, uncomfortable for people to talk about mental health. People think it has to be a sad conversation or a heavy conversation in the way that we, I feel like, especially from watching what you guys do and how you guys talk, it's very, uh, it's approachable and it's, and it's, it's changing people's lives because we're being honest about our stories. And so I think for you guys, it's, you know, kudos to you for sharing your stories and obviously then connecting through Jordan. And I'm so excited to chat with you both. So thank you both for being here. Yeah. Thank thanks, you. For having us. thanks for having us. <laughs> and that that's was a nice goal. introduction. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. It's just the truth. I mean, I really started this podcast cause I love storytelling and I, it doesn't always have to be my story. Like we get so comfortable with sharing what we are going through, but the amount of people in this world that have a story that right. someone that listens to this podcast is going to resonate with, they might not hundred percent resonate with me and my story, but they'll resonate with someone that I'm able to bring on. And to me, that's, that is magical. That's what we're here for. It's like yeah. connecting and helping others. So, um, I don't know if you two want to go like separate on your uh, stories and then maybe like what brought you guys together. I would love to know that. But I I would say like my first question is, hey, Amy, hey, Sarah, tell me. <laughs> I know there's a lot. I know there's a lot. I read uh, your websites and I I want to put that in my intro for for um, I think I took a, I took a bunch of screenshots, but I have um, I think it's on Amy's website, Grace by Beauty and Kindness. And I read. um you know, you're, you're sharing your stories. It's healing to share your stories. It's healing to share other people's stories. And you have this quote on top that's be brave enough to heal yourself. Even when it hurts, most of your strength lies in your scars. And I was like, yeah, I'm screenshotting that and I'm going to write that (laughs) on everything. So Amy, if you want to go first, you don't have to do the whole thing, but I would love to just know where, like, who are you? What am I, what do my peeps need to know about you to kick this off? Yeah, well, I'm a very different person today than even just a few years ago. So um, I am 42 years old. I am a widow. Um, I was married for 17 years to my husband, Scott, Mm -hmm. who um, had bipolar disorder. And even prior to that, I was introduced to mental health with my own. I um, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression, panic attacks starting in college, eating disorders, all of that. So it was really me who brought so much mental health to the relationship. And then it ended up with his being bigger. And so I had to put mine to the side and really care for him and figure out how to help him. So I have two children uh, with Scott. I have a four-year-old Avery. He is, um, he's amazing. He's a little (laughs) wild, but we love him so much. He, um, I was just saying the other day, more and more, he is reminding me of his dad. He has a amazing sense of humor for being only four years old. Mm. And, um, I have a daughter, smart sense of humor, like real smart, like, and and he's very intuitive as well. I mean, Sarah and myself have two full families of empaths. So yes. <laughs> it's a lot of empaths for and one. I'm right there with you. Yeah, so for I'm part one, of your family. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, and my daughter, Lily is, uh, t- is she 11 or 10? She's 11. Oh my God. Sarah, she's, tell her. I know. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> only because our kids are the same age. Yeah. That's the only 11. reason I know. <laughs> she's 11 going on 21. Um, she's just always been such an old soul and she's a lovely human being. And, um, so, yeah, so growing up with a dad who had bipolar disorder with lots of highs and lots of lows, um, she grew up pretty fast. So mm-hmm. anyways, I mean, I feel that 
I had to live in darkness for so long. I had to live in a place of hiding his illness because I was so afraid that people would not, uh, they would be afraid to be around us or scared of us or we would lose relationships or she couldn't have playdates or whatever it was. Mm. So I had a very dual life. Uh, what I showed everyone and I definitely put my own stuff to the side and as I handled him and his issues and um after he passed I said fuck it I sorry do you swear on your podcast? oh yeah 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 we have explicit <laughs> all over it mm-hmm. yeah so I, yeah I said fuck it I was like this is ridiculous I said I am done hiding and I'm done hiding with my own mental health and I'm done hiding his story because I think the hiding um, exacerbates everything. It makes it so much worse. And I think that, um, his story may have been different had we not had to hide so much and fit into this like mold or this box that we had to live in, in the suburbs of where we were at. Mm -hmm. So that is where I came out and I said, I'm just going to, I'm going to freely tell my story because I don't have anything else to lose anymore. So, you know, once you lose the most important, important person in your life, everything else becomes a little bit, um, less you know so there's really nothing I don't know it's kind of this very YOLO life <laughs> like yes I just kind of do this a lot like okay well I'm just going for it um mm-hmm. because I I don't feel like there's any time to waste and there's so many people struggling and they're all alone and they feel like they're the only ones and I just will not let that happen on my watch yeah yeah, so that's that's how that's how we ended up. Well, there's another story of how we got together, but I'll let Sarah <laughs> share a little bit about herself. Oh my God, that's amazing! First of all, thank you so much for sharing because yeah. that's it's just and that's the beauty of the podcast. It's like we just like everyone can pick up on pieces, even if they haven't been through exactly what you've been through. But it's like that feeling of hiding and being by yourself. Like I'm over here, like my neck hurts after these. Cause I'm always like, yes, yes, yes. Because it's like, you're, you're like speaking to my soul too. Cause it's like, you're, especially like hearing your daughter having to grow up quickly. Like I got, you know, bumped yeah. into anxiety. And I, I was like a 35 year old at 11 years old. Like it was yeah. like, okay, let's talk about our brain and how our brain works. And all the kids are on the playground and I'm in the, you know, yeah. I'm in the the counselor's office at school eating lunch. Like, so it's, it's all those pieces you said, and just like, yeah. we might not have the same story, but gosh, are those feelings just can be very similar. Right. Yes, and, and the more we talk about it, yeah. um, that's, that's amazing. So Sarah, yes. Bring on Sarah. Let's go girl. Hey, 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 Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm Sarah. I am 39 years old. I am married for oh geez, 15 years. It'll be in October. We've been together for about 18. Nice. Um, and we have two kids, an 11 year old son, um, and a she's gonna be nine next week. Or no, eight. Jesus. Oh my God. Ask Amy. <laughs> Ask Amy how old she is. I was like, I don't think it's nine, but okay. She's going to be eight next week. It's like, I, you asked, I, I struggled to say that I was 39. I was like, how old am I? How old um, am I? Yeah, right. it's terrible. But uh, I feel like it's like, once you pass 30, you're just like, I don't know how old I am anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've gone through a lot of shit. Uh, it started early. I mean, I've had loss. Um, I lost my brother in a car accident when I was 10 years old. Um, I experienced a pretty severe sexual assault at 16, 15, excuse me. Um, and then lost my dad at 22 to cancer. Mm-hmm. And then I had my own uh, brush with mortality with a breast cancer diagnosis at 36. So I went through, you know, a bunch of stuff and, and the only reason I like lead with that is to tell you that, 
um, yes, I've experienced a lot of trauma, but I, and I never thought that I would be able to stand up again after each one of those things. And you mm-hmm. just stand up over and do. over and over again, mm-hmm. because you do have another choice. You know, people say, what other choice do I have? Well, you do have another choice. It's just, you know, whether you make that choice to stand up or, or to back out mm-hmm. and entirely, you know, from this world. So, you know, I just, um, say that to encourage people that, you know, I have had suicidal ideation as well. And, you know, thought these dark thoughts and been in these dark places, but have, you know, been able to stand up and do it even when I thought I couldn't, you know, cause mm-hmm. there's been times when I'm like, I can't, I can't stand up again. And I think I've actually said that to Amy before. I'm like, I can't mm-hmm. stand up again. I can't do it again. Yeah. Um, so let's hope this was the last time I had to do it. <laughs> you know? Exactly. But, You're like, I'm done standing yeah. up again. Let's go. And then, and then <laughs> well, like a day later, I'm like, well, fuck, you know, yeah. <laughs> We're both smart enough to yeah. know that it's still going to, the hits are going to keep coming. Yeah, they're going to uh-huh. keep coming. Uh-huh. So, yeah, we, so Amy and I met have, coming into our friendship with all of this shit, you know, um, and she was the first friend that I ever had that I could have a conversation with that wasn't like, hey, did you watch Real Housewives last night? It was, you know, like how are you feeling today? Like truly have, how's your, like, she was the first friend that I could have those meaningful conversations with. So we, I felt a connection to her. We felt a connection to one another very early on in our friendship. Um, you know, and she's talking about, you know, being able to come out talking about Scott and their relationship. I had known Amy, I met her in 2016 and it was 2019 before I knew about Scott and, and their relationship. And it was just, I could tell that this was like her coming out moment. Cause she's like, Oh, we had our anniversary together to celebrate our fucked up relationship. And I was like, huh, you know, <laughs> she's like, yeah. And then it was like this, that was, gave her the courage to say, you know, what was going on. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, and it felt like after that point, um, you know, it was easier and easier to talk about all the shit in our lives that had just torn us down. And we were ashamed of, which is like, so bananas. Like, how can you be ashamed of these things that happen to you? Yeah. Um, but you do, you get this feeling of shame and, and unworthiness. And like, I just don't fit into this world. Mm-hmm. And I think regardless of the, the dynamic and, you know, whatever you want to call of your tragedy, because everybody's tragedy, if it's big for them, it's big for them. Yeah. But, um, you know, regardless of the dynamic of your tragedy, you know, everybody can experience the same feelings too. So whether it be a sudden death or suicide or, um, illness or, or if it's just like, I can't walk outside and communicate with people like, you know, everybody gets those same feelings. And so the more we talk about it, and that's why we decided to get this podcast going was to talk about the heavy stuff, but Mm -hmm. we both deal and cope with, um, things by humor. So we, we laugh a lot. Yeah. Um, we don't make light of things, but we do, you know, lighten the mood a little bit and try to, to joke through it a little, just to, you know, very authentically. That's who we are. That's what we do. It's It's all organic. It's not like we write down jokes. Like, okay, I'm going to put this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, This one sounds good. Let's write it down. Yeah. Yeah, Let's write this one down. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's just like our awkwardness comes out in a joke. So <laughs> absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. I mean, that's what, what, what two point I'm never, um, just saying I'm never being rude. I'm writing notes as oh, we no, talk, but fine. not that you're like this girl's on her phone the whole time. But, um, <laughs> so what I wanted to, again, my neck is going to hurt after this, but I am like, yes, yes, yes. Because I actually, Jordan, speaking of Jordan posted something 
on Facebook, maybe like uh, two weeks ago after there was like a, sh- there was a shooting. Well, I don't know why I'm blanking on yeah. where the shooting was. I'm so sorry, but I feel like my brain's Jordan. everywhere. Thank the you. Border. Yes. Yes. Oh, maybe. I mean, there's so many. It could have been. Yeah, oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. I don't know. And she wrote like the stigma of someone saying they are, have mental illness and how people associate, mostly associate it with somebody who maybe went in and shot up a place. And it's like, we need to be able to break free of not that they don't have something that needs to be worked on or that there was something there Mm -hmm. obviously, but there is that that stigma of like, if I say that I have a mental illness, then people are going to be afraid to be around me. And I was feeling that too with you, Amy, when you were saying we were hiding my husband's story for so long, because if you say to someone, oh, my husband has bipolar, then all of a sudden they think that that person's going to be punching them or screaming or kicking when they Mm -hmm. walk in. And then all of a sudden they're, they're nice to them, but that's not what it looks like. And you know, and so I think that the more we as a society start to talk about mental illness in the spectrum that we fall into. Cause it is such a spectrum. Like I it have is. friends that are blown away when I say like friends I've been with since, you know, been, been with friends I've had for, <laughs> since I was 15 years old, I'm 31. So I feel like friends I've had for 15 years, I used to work at the ice cream store with them, or we used to do whatever. And they are blown away whenever I say, Oh yeah. Like I have had anxiety since I was 10. I, I go with therapy, a therapy once a week. I've been, mm-hmm. since I was 10 years old, they're like, I would have never guessed that with your personality. And I'm like, no, I can be Casey trainer. Let's go. Woo woo. But at the same time, uh, that can also be a very high energy in my anxiety and the way right. that I, the yeah. way that I overthink things and the way that I, uh, think that it's the end of the world and whatever I can go just as extreme. And so I yeah. think more we talk about this, the less fear around people that are, that are experiencing this. And the more people I think will be like, well, maybe I do struggle with something along those lines. Do you find that? Do you find that once you start, like people are less afraid of maybe what you are going through? Absolutely. I think that people are, they feel like, oh my God, somebody else Mm -hmm. feels this way. And I feel that the people that reach out to us have never told anyone. Mm -hmm. It's a secret. And we're the first people they're telling. And, and we've just, never met them. And I've never, I, yeah, I've never right. met them. I don't know them. Um, and I think that a lot of times I want to share all of this because we talk a lot about the social media, like whatever we persona we put on. We don't mean, even sometimes if you don't mean to. Yes. And as you were talking, I was thinking another thing that's really wrong that people think about me is if I get up and I get a shower and I put on clothes and jewelry and lips that I'm good. Mm-hmm. like like they're like well you're never like you never look you always look great like yes. you, you, you look yeah. so together how are mm-hmm. you depressed I'm like do you have any fucking idea how much it took to me to get out of bed today like mm-hmm. or my blood's boiling and my anxiety's up and I mean you learn how some and that's the thing is you learn how to be high functioning but at some point you fall yeah mm-hmm. I can high function for so long and then I crash mm-hmm. and so when you crash there has to be a safe place to crash or don't crash like let's just not fucking play that game let's be mm-hmm. real so that we don't have to crash at the end and say you know what I'm not doing okay today mm-hmm. and so it's still still I'm still getting a lot of people who do have I think still stigma about me um 
Oh, sure. Same. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that they think certain things about us, regardless of the fact that, you know, we have this podcast, we have this, we have that. It doesn't really matter. It's the fact that we have mental health issues that people think less of us. Mm-hmm. Or there's, I still think that, um, you know, to be perfectly honest, I think my work is a little bit concerned about it. Mm. And I think that that's a problem because then that makes people live in this place where they're faking it and then crashing and crashing mm-hmm. ends into, for me, it's always ended into su- suicidal ideations. It's ended into weeks in bed, um, bad, dark places that I don't mm-hmm. think you have to go if you're not faking it. Right. Yes. The more yeah. real that we've been, it's like, so we started this podcast in November and we were talking about this the other day about how we feel like different people from then. Yes. Because we've talked about so much. Amen. Like, I'm over yes. here like, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And just like, we've like <laughs> let go of all yeah. of this stuff and all of these stories that have been inside of us and we've told them and we've got them out there. And now it's like, oh, like I can breathe. Right. And you know what? Like I told this story and I didn't die. Like I'm here, (laughs) you know, like nothing happened. So like bad happened except good things. So I think that that's just what we're trying to do is to, to open that up for everybody. Yeah. And I just like, so I've been listening to a few of your episodes, Casey, Mm -hmm. and there was one, like you told this story that super resonated with me mm-hmm. um, about when we're talking about like mental health and even in the fitness space that um, you talked about how you pre-COVID were um, training someone or you may have just been working out yourself and there was a young trainer with a woman who was on a stability ball. Yes. And she couldn't d- to do like this me. was this was a couple this was actually a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. But that stayed with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where she, is it called knee ups? So she was doing we do a, totally different kind of fitness. No, I that. know girl. It's all good. And they're like, and I like make shit up. I'm like knee rate. Like, and then I read my notes the next day. I'm like, what the fuck was I supposed to, you were supposed to be doing like, as I read my own notes. Yeah. I make my own words up. Like I always joke like, oh yeah, someone invented the push up, but I'm going to call it 20 different things. Like everyone's yeah. reinventing what these are. No. So yeah. So the, I was at a gym. I wasn't working at the gym. I actually, at the time had a membership outside of where I was working because it was almost like I was able to kind of just do my own thing, put my headphones in and do my own thing. Now I'm in a place where I'm very comfortable at the place I'm at. And I feel like I can really zone in and people are know I'm in workout mode and they don't really come up talk to me very much during that time. Um, but at the time I was somewhere else and I, they had the cardio machines facing, right? Like if I could put a gym together, it would be very different from like a mental health perspective, but they had the cardio machines facing a turf area that the trainers at the gym would often use to put their clients to do different things. It was just a big space. And it never made sense to me why that it, it made sense to me that people probably felt very uncomfortable in that space because so many people on the cardio machines were watching them. And they also people that are around here, they probably know what I'm talking about, but it's not that it's just like with my perspective, it's like, then you have the group fitness room in front of the turf with glass. So you're seeing right into the group fitness room. And I, and this is what I'm saying, like the fitness space, this is my passion. I get all sweaty about it because it's like, I understand, right? Like I might've not ever been 
and this isn't tooting my own horn. This is just my story. I might've not ever been an overweight person in a class that felt uncomfortable, but I will tell you that I am an empath and I feel what they're feeling. And so I am up there teaching and I see someone coming in who wants to maybe lose a little bit of weight and feel better. They are intimidated as fuck. And they're Mm -hmm. in the back corner in the Mm -hmm. dark because they don't want to be seen. And I want them first of all, to feel seen from me and feel like I'm, I'm here for you. I want you to be comfortable. Listen to your body. I will walk over. I will, I will connect with you. I will be your biggest fan. All of a sudden that person, it's a story I have ends up in my front row. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, and that's the goal in any of my classes, everyone is going to feel welcome and comfortable. This is not fucking Olympic training. This is everyone's coming for a purpose. And if you want to do burpees because you're at the point of that makes you feel good and you just want to put your hands over your head. God bless. We're all doing something, right? And yeah, so yeah. that's my biggest thing in the fitness industry. And, and I'm going on a tangent, but my mom is a trainer. <laughs> I grew up with my mom. She's a personal trainer for 30 years. I have always witnessed my mom and the way she has, I grew up in the gym. I grew up at people's houses in their basements. I'm doing homework while my mom's in their basement, working out with them. Never thought I'd be a trainer, right? Literally became my mother. Okay. Which is cool. <laughs> She's, just so you know, your little, your little daughters that are like, I became my mom and it's, and, and I'm cool with it. Cause my mom's awesome. So I always knew though, how my mom made people feel that rubbed off on me. And my mom, some clients would be pushing sleds and some clients she had to use a broomstick and just, they would pull and push the broomstick. I mean, literally, and, and, and she, she was the same patience level for both of them. And I Mm -hmm. learned that without ever, without ever like trying to, I just saw it happen in front of me. And so when I'm in a position to make people feel a certain way, when they come into a class or wherever, I take that very seriously. And, and then you throw in that. I just kind of learned a year ago that I'm an empath. So like, I've always felt these things, but I never had the definition and then going to therapy through the pandemic and everything. I was like, Oh shit. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is my middle name is empath. Like, Oh my God, I've held this for years. I've held what other people feel and we can get into that. But so back to the story. So the, the (laughs) trainer, the trainer was, uh, with this woman, it was a young guy trainer, which is fine. But I always think, you know, he might've never had an experience like this, where this woman is in front of all these people staring at her on the cardio machines. Right. And she has her legs up on a stability ball in a plank, right. Very advanced movement to begin with, just to have someone hold a plank on a stability ball. Then he's having her tuck knee tucks, just bringing her knees in and out. Pull it in. Okay. Yes. I have people I've trained for years that have a very hard time stabilizing on a stability ball. I just, I'll start them on the floor and then we try it. And if we roll off, we laugh about it and we go back to the floor and that's okay. And it's like, that is that experience or the way that I want people to feel. So this woman is, I mean, I'm talking like falling, like collapsing off the ball, smacking onto the floor. I am internally dying. Like, I'm like, Mm. oh, I just want to take you and take you to the gym with me and save you. And, you know, so bad. And he's standing like 20 feet away, not helping her get back on the ball. Not even, you can tell she's so ashamed and embarrassed. And he just kept saying, okay, try, you know, go back on go back on, get back on the ball. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, mother, this is why <laughs> I'm in this industry. Like I yeah. want to change this. So that's a very long story, but it makes me sweaty because I'm like, that <laughs> is, but yeah, so that resonated with you. Continue, it did. Sarah. It did. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> 
No, it did in, in like a few different ways. So for first in a literal sense, because, uh, you know, I, if I would have walked into that gym and saw that setup, I would have been like, Psh, peace out. I'm out of here. I, there's no way I'm working out in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I would absolutely be the person falling off the ball. And, you know, a few years ago, I would have been ashamed and like trying to get myself back on and whatever. But, you know, now I would be like, listen, motherfucker, do you want me to do this or not? You need to help me. <laughs> yes. Like- <laughs> yes. But, you know, and I want, I want to be there for that, please. <laughs> I know. Please video this. I'm, I'm with you. I'm like, I'll take him on. Let's go. <laughs> also in that literal sense, but also, you know, metaphorically with, with mental health, it's like, that's what I, I feel like that's what I feel like every day Mm. is sort of trying to balance that way. And then, then people drop these other things that are like, Hey, you also have to do this super difficult thing while you've got your feet on this ball. Now pull it in towards you. And I'm like, uh, (laughs) yeah. Like I got out of bed today and brushed my teeth. So let's just celebrate that. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Right. But, you know, it's just in Amy and I, in more of the literal sense, we both teach yoga and we teach a certain form of it called booty yoga, which is a high intensity um, form of it as well, which incorporates a lot of dynamic movement during the poses and some um, hit in the middle of it too. And, some, you know, cardio hit and then uh, some relaxation and all kinds of good stuff in there. It's amazing. It's a, a beautiful, mm. beautiful practice. Love it. Um, and you know, we are me much bigger than Amy, but we are not your typical, oh, you can um, say it girl. Both of us are no, not, we're not your typical, you know, um, fitness instructors, fitness instructors. Yeah. Like if you totally. walked into, so, you know, there's been a lot of, of judgment around us both. And we've yeah. experienced a lot of that and it's, it hurt. Mm-hmm. And now it's hurting less and less. I feel like, because, you know, and Amy has said this a lot on our podcast. It's like, well, I could probably outwork you. Yep. Like, you know, like take you on it. Not you, Casey, not you. Yeah, like, <laughs> we're challenging each other. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready yeah. to go. <laughs> ready to throw down. <laughs> Let me get my stability ball. And, <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> and, me too. Me too. Uh, oh, yeah. But that. like, but there's a, there's a definite stigma in that way as well that, someone who isn't the size that you think they should be, cannot be a fitness instructor. And I use, I use, um, Lizzo as a very good example. If you watch her workout on Instagram, she's a fucking badass. Like she is tough and she is strong. And I don't think people, and I think that it makes them uncomfortable, but Sarah and I just don't really want to fit that mold. And we're really okay with being strong and fit. And able to lead other people in a practice that is high intensity is not like fucking easy at all. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be like, just like you said, we can bring anything down. We show Mm -hmm. all kinds of modifications, but there's just this idea that everyone has to look a very certain way to be fit or healthy Mm -hmm. or healthy, Um, healthy. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like, I am stronger than I've ever been at what, I don't know, 60 pounds heavier than I've ever been as well, but I can move things and I can, my stamina is longer. I don't know. There's just a lot of things. Like, I don't think I would have ever made it through one of my classes in my twenties. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we trying to break that 
barrier as well because you know Sarah and I are just gonna take on all of the shit yeah, like <laughs> right let's wear like I'm with you it's like wear all the hats all like let's put on yes. all the mother effing hats <laughs> yeah and we will rule the world like that is where we are yeah I yeah. feel like we're all very similar in that sense yeah super like, similar yeah we'll just we'll just add another thing let's just yeah. do it come on let's yeah do it. like, like my plate is help, not I cool. can help exactly yeah. <laughs> what do I need to do to help you yeah. I'll do it I'll yeah, do I it know. absolutely and it, and it's the stories that people aren't telling are the stories that Sarah and I have decided to tell mm-hmm. the stories that no one told us the stories that no one talked about out loud um I think that if I had been listening to a podcast where someone was discussing uh specifically I think we got a lot of uh comments about our body image mm. our body positivity we had two mm-hmm. episodes on that And just that discussion was so raw. I think that, you know, it's, it's not something that you're going to say to people normally. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, like you really will say to them, like, I lost 10 pounds. Like nobody's gonna be like, I gained 50. Like, yes. And I'm pretty happy about it. Like, like, I don't really know. I don't, you know, I mean, because you're not taking it all into, um, into like, you're not taking it all into the story. So you know, I've survived mental illness. I've survived my husband, the love of my life dying. I've survived all of that. Sarah survived cancer. Sarah's body has been through hell. Like we're not really, no, the world, I guess, outside of us is not taking those things into consideration. They just look at you and they're like, mm. Mm. and that, and mm. what I'd love to, have you um, tried vegan? Oh, <laughs> and um, you're like, that's what they say, like, say to us. They're yeah. like, have you they're tried, like have actually, you tried, have you tried these pills? Have you tried keto? Yes. Have you tried apple cider vinegar? No, it tastes like shit and it will not make you like, I just, I trust They're like, are you fasting? Cause I think it could really help you. Right. Like for fuck's sake, people, I've done everything. (laughs) We love, we Um, love side stories. Give it to us. So my, uh, my husband who passed was, um, overweight and he had sleep apnea and he had a machine. And now my boyfriend who is very fit and tall and thin, also has a machine. It was the cleaner for his sleep apnea machine. <laughs> just a nice little cleaning happening in the afternoon. So, so, you know, I'm just like, the sleep apnea machine is meant to be with me forever. It is. Seriously. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like the fly that keeps swatting in your face. It's like, all right, you're just going to be here and I'm cool mm-hmm. with it. Like, you're not going to leave me alone. It's fine. Yep. Oh my yeah. God. That's amazing. It sounded honestly like a lawnmower. I thought someone was lawnmowing. <laughs> Me too. I thought so. And then I was like, wait, that's coming from my room. <laughs> so oh, my man. friend, Heather, who's also been on my podcast that I think both of you will effing love. So she's like the, the Amy to my Sarah, like she, she's my, she's my girl. We've been yeah. through 10 years of a blog friendship that became, she was, she sang at my wedding. Like we, we, yeah. we are, we are meant to be soul sisters, um, both been through eating disorders. Like our stories are so aligned yet different. Um, she is the calm version and I am like the high intensity version. And we just, we just, we just balance really well, you know? So she, uh, we were doing a podcast one time and she has cats and the machine that feeds the cats, like it's on like a timer, like spits out food. (laughs) So we're going and her wife, uh, Nick recorded like you could record. So when the, when the food comes out, you can call your cats with this like recording. (laughs) So as we're sitting there, it's like Nick's voice in the background and it's like, come and get it. Like this really high, like 
like they did this whole, you know how you're weird with your yeah. animals. Like oh, yeah. we call my, we call my dog like Beluga. I don't even know what that is. Like we just call her Beluga Jones. <laughs> like we make up all these weird names. So Heather is peeing her pants. She's like, did you hear that? And I could hear something in the background. So she redid it. And she was like, literally it's Nick's voice going, come and get it. <laughs> like this crazy thing. Oh my God. Anyway, that just reminded me of it because it's That's like, awesome. we couldn't really hear what it was, but you were like, Oh my God. Like this is <laughs> a sleep apnea machine. Yeah. That's like, amazing. Yeah, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. We love, right, it's like yeah, every single it. podcast, we have something random that just always all the my time. My first episode, I think my dog puked under my table. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was baby. like, I know I was recording and I had her outside and it was with me and Heather and I, there was like grass grew. Cause we live in like in a townhouse. Uh, my husband works on a campus. So we're kind of in like campus living and there was a, a grass had grown through the the fence and she was just going to town, like uh, eating the grass. Yeah. She comes in, throws up under the table. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And Heather's like, what? I'm like, she's throwing up under the table. Like, so I'm like pausing, playing, <laughs> pausing, playing, cleaning up the throw up. I'm like, oh okay, my gosh. This oh my is just gosh. a look into my future of yeah. podcasting. It's yeah, fine. This is it. It's That's fun. why it's true to you chats. Cause we are true to you and that right. we leave, we leave everything in people <laughs> yeah. understand, you know, but I'd love to, I'd love to piggyback if I, yes. Okay. I know where we were. So if I could piggyback off of what you were saying before about, about their whole story and you just look at them and can, and someone will judge based on what they look like. And it's interesting too, because it, it goes both ways because yeah. for, for me, I, you know, no, not everyone realizes like I had two bouts of an eating disorder. That was the hardest time for my whole family. Like what yeah. I've gone through, what my anxiety, what I, the lows that I was in at 10 years old, not going to school, um, just anything that I look back on and make it very light now. But like at the time it was the darkest part of my life and my family's whole, we were in it as one. And it was yeah. like mm-hmm. so new to us and, and everything. And then when I got into college, I started to get into weightlifting and I, I wasn't on a team anymore. And I felt lost. I was like, I've always had a coach tell me what to do. How am I supposed to like do this now? And then I started to over exercise and see that my body started to change and see that, Oh, if I manipulate my food now, I can look this way. And I was 19 years old. And and even though I had a mom, that was in the industry. Do yep. you really listen to your mom? Sorry, no, mom. Of course not. We don't. Right. So <laughs> right. it's like, I had friends that were bodybuilding in our, mm-hmm. in our school. Do I agree with it? Maybe not so much now, but my school had a bodybuilding show. So mm-hmm. all the college girls and boys that were lifting and friends all yeah. did the show together. And we were misery loves company. Cause we're all yeah. dieting. I didn't yeah. know what the hell I was doing. Me and all my friends that look completely different different heights, different weights, different ages. We all ate 1200 calories for 10 weeks. We all got super lean. I was little to begin with because I just got out of high school. Like my body wasn't even ready to diet. I diet. I all of a sudden I have abs. All of a sudden I see definition and it became Mm -hmm. a fixation. It's like an addiction. It is an addiction and I couldn't get small enough. It was like, Mm -hmm. so what you said just resonates so much with me because it's like, the relationship that myself and my clients that I have tried so hard to instill in them through my story is I used to do, do fitness as a way to burn calories and look a certain way and 
be presentable on stage and have people judge me on what I looked like, but they had no idea that like my hair was falling out yeah, and I had yeah, no period right, and right. my hormones were fucked. And I literally like had no digestion. I wasn't pooping. Like there were like things happening. Yeah, yeah. Everyone saw my picture from high school and they're like, Oh my God, Casey, you look so great. And then that was before Instagram was even big. That's when I started Instagram. Yeah. And it was like that addiction and that feeling of, Oh, now they think I'm good enough. Now they're noticing me because I have always been different. And that is what I, my therapist and I have been hitting on the last year. It's like, you know what? You've always felt a little bit different and that's mm-hmm. okay. And I was like, Oh my God, you're so right. Like ever since I was a kid, I didn't eat lunch with everyone. I was different. I ate in the secretary's office. I was different. I went to therapy. I was different. Like, yeah. And I was new to my school. So I was like the mm. new girl too. And it was yeah. just, I always felt a little bit stepped aside from all of my peers. Like I just was different. And I think that it's an uncomfortable place to be until you, you know, acknowledge okay, yeah, I'm just different. Like I'm just different yeah. than you. And yeah. so one of my clients one time said to me, she didn't know my whole background. We met, I'm actually originally from Pittsburgh. We live in Rhode Island now, but I was, you know, lived in Pittsburgh for 26 years. And we met, I met with a client and she was telling me her whole story about, um, the issue she was having with food and, and the struggle. And she wanted to lose weight, but she also had maybe an issue with binging and, and she didn't know my whole background. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, I always recommend therapy. I say <sighs> me and a therapist are an mm-hmm. awesome combination. Yeah. Granted, Am I people's therapist 90% of the time? Right. Yes. I'm the unqualified therapist <laughs> trainer, right? Like yes. Yes. that's the shit that comes up when you're yeah. in this journey. But she said to me, and it has stayed with me for a long time. And she said, I know, like she went through her whole thing about looking in the mirror and how she's so mean to herself and, and everything. And she's like, I know, I know, I know you wouldn't understand. And I said, well, Actually, <laughs> you know, I've actually looked in the mirror and have said those same things about myself. And, and, and that's not a lie. And that's not, and that's, a, and I've looked yeah. in the mirror and we have body dysmorphia. I have looked in the mirror and thought I need to lose 10 more pounds when I was 120 pounds, which right now I'm like one, I don't even know, close to 160. I think I weigh as much as my husband. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, it's like, I'm healthier and stronger now than I've ever been, but I weigh more than I've ever weighed. Yeah. And it's okay. And then you throw in, it's okay to want to lift weights and maybe you want your shoulders to look a little more defined. That's great. That's great. But what else can we do? What else can we do? What else can we, how else can we get stronger? How else can this journey that you think you want to look a certain way, it's, it starts spreading into other areas Mm -hmm. of your life. And you're like, oh, maybe so cool. My shoulders might look different, but wow, I just picked up my grandchild for the first time and like ran around with them. And I feel right. good. Right. And I'm like, that's the fucking goal. Like right. that's the goal. So I'm sorry. I'm on a tangent, but I remember her saying that to me and from a trainer who looks, however I look it, they, no one, no one understands like yeah. the darkness that I have been through yeah. to eat ice cream with my family again. Like yeah. it's little Stop. Well, and, and I so, think that like, for me, the darkest moments were at 120 pounds. I'm that right my, there with those, you. Those were my darkest moments when I would look at myself and just cry and just want to like cut parts of me off. And, you know, I did the whole, like, if I eat this many calories and I work out this many calories and then it'll like, they'll, I'll go to bed with zero. That was the whole yes. point. Mm-hmm. But Sarah and I have talked a lot about, um, with women taking up space. 
And that's what it is. That's why we always want to shrink to be smaller because we take up space. And that's, if there was the, if I were to say one difference between myself, not necessarily size, like of pants, it's, I take up more space now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, yeah, it's a I, psychological I, I, thing. I, I take up more space. So I'm bigger and that doesn't seem like it's, it's accepted or like, okay. Mm-hmm. Or something that the world is like, I don't know that you should really take up that much space. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, because it, you know, we've been told since we were little, it's like, act like a lady. Don't be so loud. Don't be, right. and that's, you know, other ways of saying, don't take up so much space. Mm-hmm. And we take don't, up space by talking about mental health and our own us. mental health. It takes yes. up a lot of space because it's like uncomfortable just as much as our, I don't, whatever our size is, our size right. is uncomfortable to people. And as well as our honesty and our story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like it's both of our to- stories make people so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. They, they get into a point where it's like, I don't know what to say, but they don't say, I don't know what to say. So then they say something super awkward and like, you're just like, yes. Yeah. No. So yeah. we're trying, we're just trying to break through all of that. And I just appreciate you as a trainer doing things the way that you do. And, you know, you talked about meeting people where they are and, you know, with, with training and stuff, because that's like, so it, it's so important. And you know, that's what we're trying to do too, is just meet people where they are, even if they don't realize that that's where they are. I think that's a lot of times, like when we're having these discussions, it's Mm -hmm. like, we're, you know, I've had friends that I've had for years that have reached out to me after listening to an episode and they're like, oh my gosh, I think I'm suffering from anxiety. Yeah. You know, and, and they're like, I never realized it before. And it's just, and, and you're like, yeah, you know, you're like, yeah, I mean, I knew that, but you didn't know that, but you know, it's like, but I can't tell you that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But that's but yeah, it. So just, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just say, just talking about these things is what, is what gets it out there. Um, but with the anxiety, um, I think that's such a huge thing. I think everybody experiences some level of it yeah. too. So when people finally realize, oh, it's okay for me to say this, then, th- then that's good. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, you know, while you were talking um, about not being able to eat in the cafeteria with kids and stuff, mm-hmm. I wonder like if that had a lot to do with you being an empath and not realizing it and just being in a large group of kids and mm-hmm. like being like, I don't like the way I feel right now because you didn't know what was happening because you're taking on all these feelings mm-hmm. of every single child in that room. And you're like, ah, it's too overwhelming. I gotta if get I out look of here. back to my brain at the time, because I can put myself back in my seat where I sat mm-hmm. and whatever, the feeling of walking into that cafeteria, like it was it felt like someone put a noise machine on level a thousand and it never went down. And it yeah. was like, what? And then I would feel my heart rate and I would feel tense. And then I didn't want to eat because my, it, my anxiety goes right to my gut. And then I would yeah. be like, my stomach yeah. hurts. And then I yeah. had IBS because my stomach oh, was yeah. always hurting. And, yep. and I, and then I would be, I'd panic and I'd leave. And then I'd go to the counselor and be like, I can't go in there. And then mm-hmm. they'd be like, okay, so you, God bless the secretary at my school. Like, <laughs> let me sit with her in there on her lunch break. And we would talk and like, she would be like, I can't believe Casey's in fifth grade. Like I would just have these conversations and be like, I don't really know why I'm feeling this way. And it's really interesting. I, um, we just got just the other day, this is actually kind of, you know, I don't have a lot of footage of myself at that age. Like, I feel like I don't even have a lot of pictures, the pictures that 
I do have, you can see, a, I lost 16 pounds from fifth to sixth grade and got really tall. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And so I went from like, my face has always been kind of full. My head's always been a little bit bigger, but I literally had like full face. Like I, I was just fuller as a younger girl and I was very active, but that's just the way that I was built at the time. And my, I started to hit puberty and I got tall and then I, my eating disorder kicked in. So I lost 16 pounds. And that was like, I went from me like 96 pounds to 80 pounds, like in fifth yeah. to sixth grade. Um, and I'll remember that number forever. Cause I remember the doctor saying it to my mom and being like, she's 16, like in front of me, like she's 16 yeah. pounds down. And at the time it wasn't about what I looked like. I didn't even remember looking in the mirror. It was just me controlling everything around me yeah. and trying to have that control. But I remember that feeling being in that cafeteria. And to this day, it still makes my, my heart get tight. Um, and then they would try to like, have me stand at the doors and have me like exposure therapy and granted, God (laughs) bless them. I know where they were coming from, but try being fifth grade dealing understand. You feel so different to begin with. Then they have you stand at the door and (laughs) stare into the damn cafeteria. And all the kids are looking at me and I'm like, this is horrible. (laughs) Like (laughs) This is is horrible. (laughs) But I will say, and I wonder, I'm sure you two can relate and feel free to piggyback off of this, but I, I then, well, I then went to school to be a teacher. So I went to school for health and phys ed. Um, I worked in schools. I worked the cafeteria duty when I was a substitute teacher for like a year out of college while I was getting my clients and everything. And the amount of people that heard the path that I went that knew me back then were like, what the actual hell? Like you're Casey's a teacher. <laughs> Casey hated school. Like it was like, what? And I remember being like the first day I walked into a school just to like, um, just to observe, like observe when I was in college and be like, walk by the cafeteria mm. and, it's, and be like, wow. Like, and, and, and the amount of sympathy and the empath feeling I have for any kid now that tells me they're anxious or any student I had that might've, might act a certain way or have to go to the bathroom a lot or in the middle of something need to like, I'm like, go, go. Yeah. Let me know what you need. You know, I've actually been teaching for uh, 20 years and I was going to say cafeteria duty for me always, always is uncomfortable. Always, 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 because I feel now it's better because of COVID, they're not allowed to sit together. So right. I feel better. But when they when they're they can't find a seat or when they like someone won't talk to them or when like they open their lunch and they don't like it or when they oh. get something it's like all these things. I'm like, oh my God. And I just like I give them whatever they want. Like yeah. whatever you need, like it's fine. And in the same way, um I'm the teacher that you can ask to go to the bathroom 20 times. I'm gonna let you go every time. And I mm-hmm. say to them, I say I don't really know your body. Like if this is what your body's saying, then go to the bathroom. I said, but if your brain needs a break, tell me that. And then we can do like a different sort of break. You can walk around the school. So, and this is always pre COVID, but, um, I, I always try to say like, I just always say, yes, I'm not a hard and fast anything because you have no idea just in the same way with adults. You don't know, like, and, and if a kid pulls one over on you, who the fuck cares? Like, I don't know. Right. Like, it's better than them having this like situation that you could have prevented by just letting them go to the fucking bathroom or take a walk. Yeah. So I just, I always, always say yes. And I just say, please, you know, like, and I think kids are, they're smart enough to know, like, don't take advantage of it. Like, okay. So 
you know, if you have to go, you have to go, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> go. And, and I will say that you are thank like, thank you for being that way. Because as someone who, who was that kid, it's like, my teachers, like to this day, I always want to like go find, you know, my one teacher that I had and write him a letter and be like, look at me now. Like, look, look where I am. Because like the, you set me up. Like he, yeah. Mr. Mr. Rieger was, he looked like Santa Claus and he <laughs> had a ponytail. If Santa had a ponytail, that was Mr. Rieger. And <laughs> he was so effing patient with me. Like if, cause when he would, when something, a big trigger for me was if a kid got sick or felt sick, that was a very scary feeling for me. Like if someone wanted to throw up or if someone felt sick in class and he was like, I feel sick, I would panic and I would be like, oh, like I can't be in here. I can't, like it was too out of my control. I was really afraid of getting sick. That was like what I used as my term of I'm uncomfortable or I'm anxious with mm-hmm. losing control, but I didn't know, you know? And Mr. Rieger, if a kid felt sick, he would be like, hey, Casey, can you go, can you come with me and help me go get papers out of the office? And he, oh, and wow. I would, and, and I, yeah. and he just knew, and I would be like, yep. And I would go and I, it looked like his little helper, you know, yeah. and we would just walk and he'd be like, are you good? And he never prodded to be like, what's going on? What, you know, do you want to go to the counselor? Or are you okay to come back? And that teacher saved me at that time because yeah. going to school was the hardest thing for my whole family for me to do. Like my mom would be pulling me out of the bathroom. I'm gripping onto the towel. Please don't make me go to school, please. Yeah. And Mr. Rieger, I'd walk in and I felt that sense of calm and like this dude's got my back. And so I love that you do that because it's like, if, if I would have ever gone through that, would I have, maybe I would be like, okay, really you have to go to the bathroom again? Like not to be rude, but it's like, now we understand our experience yeah. is there for helping someone else. Or like my other pet peeve is when teachers are like, we're all going as a group in five minutes. I'm like, maybe that kid can't go to the bathroom as a group with 15 other mm-hmm. kids in there because we just did a podcast where I, I was told the say, story like mm-hmm. Amy, like Amy. <laughs> I can't I can't pee if other people are in the bathroom I just can't yes. and so it's like uh, whatever I'm like well yeah you can go now and then come back and wait with us in line when we all go mm-hmm. like I just I don't understand sometimes and it's you know it's the empath and it's the experience I think that makes us do these things for other people because we just, we know how awful that is. Mm -hmm. And my question would be too, is, you know, the, the, it's with the the kids and then it's with the adults, right? Cause it's like everyone that you meet, like you said, Sarah, it's like meeting people where they are. And I'm so glad as a trainer, I learned that from a young age, watching my mom and being like, okay, they're meeting them where they are and how important that is. Because I feel like if you contradict that with the trainer that was making his client tuck the knees in and she couldn't do it, it's like, you're not meeting Susie where Susie is like, Mm -hmm. this needs to be. And that's, even if you're not a trainer or yoga, if you're not into any of that, you're a teacher, you're working in your office, like the the grace we can just give other people to be okay with them not being where we are like them. It's not about, it's not my workout. When you come into my door, this is not my workout. You don't need to be doing what I do. Like Mm -hmm. you, I am meeting people where they are. So for yoga, how did you guys get into yoga? I'd love to hear that story. Oh my gosh. Sarah, tell it. (laughs) it, it, Here's why is that it absolutely changed my life. Like it was a definite fork in the road that completely changed 
who I am uh, fitness wise, body image wise, and as a person with confidence. So and it's because of Sarah. Oh, stop it. It is not because of me. It's because, it's of, because yourself, of but no, no, <laughs> you start and I'm going to jump in because it, oh, you boy. give yourself credit. <laughs> Let's go, Sarah. Give yourself some credit, girl. This I'll give it to you. It's like don't. so hard for me. I mean, and this is the stuff like we practicing what we preach is so fucking hard. So fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. So fucking but, hard. Um, you know, talking about giving people grace too, but I used to start every class um, with saying, this is your hour, not mine. So if you need to stay in child's pose the whole time, mm-hmm. you go for it. If you need to just lay down, you go for it. If you want to sit in the corner and watch, you go for it. You know, mm-hmm. um, if you want to do more than what I'm doing, like, it's just, this is your time. Do with it what you wish. So I'm just here to guide you. That's mm-hmm. it. So um, that's super important. Um, I say used to, cause I haven't taught in a long time because of all the crap my body's been through. It's been a really hard time getting back into a shape where I can actually keep up with my students Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like meet them where they are because you know at this point I probably can't meet them where they are physically so um uh because I don't have the stamina anymore but I'm gonna get there I'm getting there yes you are we are we are getting (laughs) back up we are getting back up up. yes we are you got to build it back up I had just you know real quick to tell you I had um think six surgeries in two and a half years. So just to, you know, and then every surgery is a 12 week, six to 12 week recovery. Mm. And, you know, so it was like, by the time I was recovered by one, I'd have two weeks before I would have another one. And it was just insane. So, mm-hmm. um, it's been a long time. I have not been consistent in, in a few years, but mm-hmm. anyway, I digress. Uh, <laughs> getting but into- that is going to make your consistency so much stronger. I feel like on yeah. the other side, cause it's just like, I don't know. That's amazing. That's amazing. You've been through more than most people and you're willing to get back up again. Like you're like, let's, let's do it. My body is craving it. It it hurts. Like my body hurts right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've known, I've been like twisting a lot. Like my back is killing me. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of that is also, as Amy and I talk about a lot, it's probably a lot spiritual um, Mm -hmm. and emotional and, you know, stuff that's just holding stuff in, holding it Mm -hmm. in. And absolutely. It manifests into your body hundred percent. Yeah, it does. So I've got to work on that a little bit too. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to give you some props? Huh? (laughs) Some props. I have props from the studio. I got blocks. I got, I know I met I knew what you meant, but I knew what she was picking up. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. She's like, girl, I got my yoga blocks. I don't need yours. I don't have all that shit. What are you talking about? Would that be something I would ever say in like the history of life? No. No. <laughs> no. No. Sarah is. God, I'm so old. <laughs> um, magical when she teaches. And so I'm very excited to her to get back into it. When I took I'm her sure. class. These are the props I'm discussing. When I took her class, um, I had struggled with every form of exercise. Like it had just been a whole life of struggle. And I think I was like 30, I don't even know, 35 or something, 36. I don't know. And um, maybe you're older, but doesn't matter. And I was just like, I took this class and I thought, holy shit, this is different. Like this is, this is like, it's taking my heart and my mind and my body. And I didn't even know the hour was gone because, uh, I, I never took another booty class from a different, another instructor that was the same as like taking it with her. Like mm. she real, you really do have magic in your instructing. Yes. And, yes. um, and it changed my life. 
And then on top of that, she saw something in me and pushed me and encouraged me to go get certified when I have no idea where that even came from or why. And because of that, I'm a completely different person. And so that's why you're, you're going to teach again. Yes. Because it's no, not even about the physical. It's about the things you say and the way that you teach. I don't know. They're all downloads. It's not my words. It's, I swear. Seriously. Like you start teaching and it's like all of a sudden you're just like saying these things and you're like, where did that come from? And and it's amazing. Like we'll be done. I'll be like, what the hell did I just say? But yeah, Yeah, but I learned, I learned from the absolute best. But you obviously have a gift, Sarah, because it's like, again, it's the way you make people feel. And if you let that just run through you like that, and it just comes out like, True to you, baby. That's my biggest thing. It's like true to you fit my, but my business is true to you fitness. Cause it's like right. every single person is true to them. Like they're, everyone is completely different than I train. I train athletes. I train youth athletes. I train a grandma who's 79 that wants to ride her bike with her kids. And it's like, everyone comes in with a different, a different story. And I can just tell by being with you both. I would love to take both of your classes. Cause I feel like you would be <laughs> so good, but go ahead, Sarah. I'm sorry. We're no, no horn, girl. Oh God. It's, it's so uncomfortable for me. But I know it was, but that's work- why I, I, I pushed. We're working yep. on saying thank you and then shutting up. So that's thank right. you. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, I, I do appreciate, but I, I personally got into it. I started teaching fitness by teaching Zumba um, yes. back, back in the day. And uh, I love to dance and move and I'm not, um, I'm not good at just doing like straight cardio. Like I can't get on a treadmill or like a Stairmaster or anything and do it. I'm like so bored. I'm like, how oh, it's had to have been like an hour. And I look down and like three and a half minutes has passed. And you're, you're just like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. Uh, that's me on, a, on yeah. any cardio equipment. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I have to be able to do this. So what can I do? So Zumba was, was my jam. Um, and then I uh, found Pound which is like a drumstick yes. drumming workout. Yes. We've and done it at the rec center that I work at. That was a class for a little while. It was sweet. It was yeah, sweet. It's yeah. So fun. It's great. Yeah. It's, it just gets out a bunch, a whole bunch of aggression. That's my hell. Like, yeah. Yes. Um, yes. But then I was like, I don't know. It, it had to have been divine intervention or the universe being like, hello, like wake up a little bit. You need something a little bit more for in, in here, in your heart. And I, so I was like, you know what? Like, I've never, I've never tried yoga and I had never done it. And my nieces were both really into it. And, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'd done yoga my whole life. So that's interesting. I didn't know that. I Mm. just, and they were like, aunt Sarah, it's so they're a lot. They're like my sister's almost because my sister is a lot older than me. She's 20 years older than me. So, um, they're like, aunt Sarah, you would love it so much. Just do it. Just, and I'm like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. That's not me. So I just was like, all right, I'll give it a try. And I went into my, like, um, to my gym and I took a yoga class and I, afterwards I was like, okay, that's weird. I don't feel like I moved much. I'm not sweating, but I feel really, really strong right now. And so I was like, okay, I mean, I can, I can give this a whirl. So I started researching yoga and, um, you know how Facebook is, it's like, you know, big brother. So then I start getting like. <laughs> 72 ads for like different types of yoga yes. and everything. And I'm like, yes. oh, you know, you just think it and you have all this stuff pop up. 100%. So, uh, booty yoga came up and, um, just for anybody that's going to look it up, it's B U T I. 
it's um, an Indian word for um, the cure, a, a hidden cure, okay. basically, long and short, hidden cure. So it's, it's like, like <laughs> yeah, it's like a cure that's stuck inside of you, basically, that you need Got to it. find. Yeah. Ooh, okay. So, yes. So, the, the, it's a lot of, um, there's a lot of spiritualness to it. And so I was like, you know what? This is right up my alley. I was watching all of the, the stuff about it and there was so much movement and there was so much like people were like drumming on the ground, like slapping the ground and like, you know, like flipping their hair and their heads around. And I was like, yes, this yes. is to me. Like I must do this. Yeah. So I started looking for classes and the closest one to Pittsburgh was an hour away. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just go. And so I did. And I showed up and I was like that, that changed my life. That was amazing. I have to do this. And I literally took one class and then signed up to take the certification to be an instructor. You just knew. You so just I was like, knew. yes, I was like, this is my, this is my soul. Like I need to do this and doing the certification. It's a, it is a two day process. It's a three day now. It's intense um, as fuck. It's, it's so intense. It, so I, my, sure. I don't feel like my body's ever been through anything like that. No. And, and I was a swimmer in high school and did like doubles two a days. Right, this was, this right. was way worse. This was worse, yeah. the but same more intense. As most yoga, like, uh, the yoga like are, yeah. Is it like a similar thing or it's just like a three day and you're good. It's a three day and you're good because yeah, but that's a lot in three days. Yeah. Yes. Because they really want you to have a yoga background or like some sort of yoga, not necessarily like your 200 hour, but you've been doing it for at least three to four years. Mm-hmm. Well, here's me. I'm like, I've done yoga once. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was like, you're like I'm, I'm a professional this is the yeah, unqualified right. qualified yoga instructor yeah. I love it I love I, it and I say this a lot but like you know my life I've been I've gone through my life with an unearned amount of confidence um like where I just I'm like I can do that I can do that you know yes. just all the time it, it, it's diminished a lot over the past few years with um all the shit with my with cancer you know because that <laughs> tells you you can't do that mm-hmm. <laughs> Like you've got to stop and slow down, but, um, yeah, I just did it. And so all these people are like, and they, and with booty, they use the Sanskrit words. So like, they don't even say like, you know, you know, get into garland pose or, you know, into low, low squat, it's get into Malasana. And I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? And so I'm just like <laughs> yeah. watching people. And I'm like, yeah, I know that pose. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. And like, just getting yeah. into things. So, I, I mean, can't even was, say Savashan. Sav- I can't even say it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even say it. You like, literally everyone makes fun of me. Cause I'll be like, I am not, if I was a yoga instructor, I would be like Richard Simmons in a yoga room. I would be like, woo, ha, woo, let's go. And it's like, sometimes maybe people need that. But if I joke and say, Hey, at the end of our workout, if you just want to lay down, I'll go in Savashan. Like I literally cannot <laughs> say it. I would be the worst yoga instructor. I'd be like, if you want to come into the unqualified over here, <laughs> I got you. But yeah, it's like the drizzy is like your, your connect or you're the, what you stare at to keep your what balance. you stare at. Yeah. yeah. To keep your it's balance. A, it's yeah. like, a, it's like learning Spanish. It's like a whole different language. It it's a whole different right? language and, yeah. and it's hard to say. So it's like, I, I remember them breaking it down. There's a, a pose called Gomukasana and it's cow pose, cow face pose. So it's like your uh. legs are crossed over one another and they're doing this. And so when we teach, we are supposed to use the Sanskrit. So when we're getting certified, you have to use the Sanskrit. So mm-hmm. there's three girls sitting there with me and they're going, say, go. <laughs> I'm like, go. They're say, say, moo. <laughs> like, moo. They're say, kasana. <laughs> like, yeah. Go moo kasana, I guess. <laughs> 
just break it down. Yeah. So that weekend was, was uh, a tough one, but I got through it and it was amazing. And it is a, like, it's not like a trip, a typical certification where you take the class and you're automatically certified. Like you actually have to do a demo and get certified Mm. um, by a master trainer. So it was a, it was an intense weekend, but then she did my certification with me too. Yes. So that was a long, long story to get to the fact that I came back, I started teaching it and just totally fell in love with the practice. Um, you know, and, and just opened myself up to whatever it was going to bring me. And then, you know, Amy started coming and she just, I could, it was this spiritual side, you know, like your heart was just so open. Your body was so open. Your mind was so open to receive all of it. And it just went really well. So then I went down to DC with her to do her certification and so many things happened there. I mean, it was just yeah. an insane weekend. We, I got to spend the weekend with Scott, um, yeah. which was awesome. And Lily yeah. and, um, you know, Scott and I are like on the floor with her, like feel the beat, feel it in the floor. Do you feel it in the floor? So before, uh-huh. so there's, there's a big part of this that you have to have rhythm to, to, and you have to understand musicality. Mm-hmm. not me I don't have that <laughs> well I, I I'm better I'm much better and you're I'm much better yeah. right but right my husband was a drummer too and Sarah was like a dancer so they're like how do you not hear the beat I was like there's a beat to the song <laughs> like like there's like a in the back they're like in the back in the back of the song and I was like what where yes and it was just it was it was real bad <laughs> I've no, got, it I've wasn't. gotten way better. Yes. I have learned, I have taught myself. Um, I figured it out, but yeah, they, they were hilarious and, um, they're, they're very, so they were very similar too. Mm-hmm. Scott and your personalities, uh, were very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. We yeah. got along great. Yeah. Good sense it's an experience, right? Like it's, it's wait, pause. There's, there's, there's no, okay, here we are. Sorry. They, they're always, it's, I always say, I'm like, she's just saying hi. She sounds crazy, but she's just saying hi. Like she has to be the, she has to be, we call her the HBIC. Like she has to be the head bitch in charge. Like she has to know this is my area and announce herself. You students just go here. Yeah. Like that's like what she does. So anyway, she's kind of like like me in some ways. Yeah. Like we're similar. And then she's a lot like my husband too in other ways and she's chill, but, um, (laughs) but no, I think when it comes to, it's like the experience Amy had in your class then led Amy to find this path and purpose in her life. And that's Mm -hmm. like, and again, it's the way you made people feel Sarah. It's the way that you made Amy feel. And she's like, I want, (laughs) and look at her, take it as a compliment and say, thank you. Because it's because you were able to, I mean, even like for me, it's like, I train a lot of uh, youth athletes, college athletes. And when I hear one of them say, you know, I might want to be like a PT or like a trainer one day. I'm like, Really? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like they see what we're able to do and facilitate in this situation and right. the way that we're able to help people. I mean, that is really what it is. I've said from day one, and you guys will probably not put words in your mouth, but probably agree with me is like, you can know every bone muscle movement pattern in the damn body. Like I went to school for health and phys ed. I had anatomy out the wazoo. I had to, you know, to this day, know every bone and muscle that does not effing matter. Mm-mm. It is how I connect with my people. Yeah. Like yeah. It, you, you, and I, and it's like, I've had people work under me before where I think God bless their heart. They want to do this, but they can't, it's like, they, they're not letting, they're not letting themselves shine because they're so afraid to make a mistake or do yeah. something that's not in the right. book. And I'm like, 
I haven't even looked at my, I mean, they're probably like, great. She's really qualified, but I haven't looked at my (laughs) textbook for a long ass time because it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. Know the principles, know what, know the safety, know the safety, know how to make harder and, and modify. Yeah. But other than that, you got to go with your gut. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think, right. Read the room, read the energy. And I think being an empath for all three of us is a yeah. very, very great tool for this, this type of work. But I just want to encourage people too that listen to your podcast. Like if you are not, um, thinking that your body is where you want it to be, but you want to do something like this, just fucking do it. Like, mm-hmm. and, and who cares? Like the only person that's going to stop you from doing it is you and people are going to say shit and people are going to judge you. And you've got to get to a point where you're okay with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about in one of our episodes too, where, um, uh, oh my God, I just like the sentence just went out of my head. It, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> it happens all I think the time. Oh you also need to listen to your body because, um, when I take a, I say it the same way I say, and I learned it from Sarah, like, this is your practice. So if you want to stay in child's pose, stay in a fucking child's pose, because I will be completely honest with you. When I take other people's classes, I end up like child's posing for quite some time because that's what my body needs when mm-hmm. I'm in somebody mm-hmm. else's space. And that's my practice. Like I just listen and it's like, okay, well, this is where I'm supposed to be. I need to like breathe. Right. So I'm not lying when I say do that because that's what I do when that's where I'm at. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I remember what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I figured once I started talking, you figured uh, I know. out. Yes. Oh yeah. But just to, to, cause we talk about this a lot is, um, instead of being like, well, I'll, I'll love myself when I lose 10 pounds. Yes. I'll love myself. Oh, I, love yourself. Yeah. Now. To, but love yourself now, love yourself and accept yourself where you are right now. Because, you know, even going way back in our conversation, when you were talking about looking in the mirror and just hating yourself, both of you, I mean, I've been there too. All of us have, I think Mm -hmm. every woman in America has felt like that, Mm -hmm. but it's like, and you think if I could just lose 20 pounds, then I would be okay with myself. But it's like you lose and then you lose the 20 pounds and you're like, well, fuck, I still, I still don't love myself. You're still left with yourself at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. So it just like encouraging people, like if you don't think that you are worthy or you don't think that you have the right body or you don't think that you have the right, um, whatever, like as long as you have the right mindset and the right intention and you know, the love in your heart for yourself and for other people, then just do it. Like, and I think it. that that feeds right into what you were saying is that you have to have mental health go along with your fitness journey. Yeah. Um, because otherwise you're just left at the end with the same fucked up head as you had before. Yeah. And so, you know, like I said, I'm much kinder and gentler to myself at this size than I was smaller. So it really has, it has no bearing on that. That doesn't matter. So much grace. It gives us so much grace. Yeah. And it's really, you know, you're evolved as a human and that's a different place than, than when, than your size of your body is a totally different thing. So yeah. I mean, I think that we, uh, I just liked how you said that mental health, how you say a therapist and you go hand in hand. I think people um, always think like, if I lose 20 pounds, if I lose 20, whatever it's, uh, to me, I don't want to hear anybody ever say that. Like, I don't really care about your weight. Like you just want to get healthy or you want to like be able to move faster. You want to be able to take a race or whatever you want to do. Yes. Um, uh, if you're not, if you're not taking care of your brain and your heart 
then there's, I don't, you know, it's not going to end well. You're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. You're going to be disappointed. Yeah. And I, I see it all the time. And then I have one last question for you guys. I want to be mindful of your time too, but I see it all the time. Even last week, someone came in with my trainer that I work with and she said, he's like, Hey, when are you going to get back in and come try class? You know, we have like group classes and stuff and they become family, like they become teammates. Right. And, uh, she said, Oh, I'm working on getting in shape so I can come to one of your classes. And I thought, Oh my God. No, it's the mindset of you're not good enough for this class. You think, right. Right, right. Um, there's an episode that I think you guys will totally align with. We did with, um, Casey Orvitis and she is a psychologist and a fitness trainer. She's a PhD Mm -hmm. and her, that episode was all about mindset. And it was about the story you tell yourself, you're going to believe. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, when yeah. that, when someone says, well, I'm a failure, I fail it every time. That's my story. So I can't do this because I'm a failure or yep. I need to lose 20 pounds before I take your class. It is like nails on a chalkboard. Cause it's like, yeah. no, my job is in my passion is to help you get you like, get you to feel quote unquote, I don't even like, you know, in shape. It's like, it's, we want to feel stronger. You want to yeah. right, think right. you coming in and saying, I need to get in shape before I come to your class is you saying to me, I don't believe in myself enough to do this. I'm mm-hmm. not worthy enough to take care of myself like this. I'm going to go on the elliptical for two more weeks to feel comfortable. No, no, no. You need more than the elliptical. Like I'm like yeah. in that. And it's just, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Cause it's yeah. like, we need to stop telling ourselves the story of failure yeah. and be like, we, we are worth stepping into this class. Yeah. And then once yeah. you do it, you realize that mountain is much smaller than you thought it was. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yep. Um, so I'd love to, I always ask kind of like this in, in a roundabout way at the end, I would love to obviously have you guys back on, or I'll come on your podcast. I'm yeah. just inviting myself. Yeah, I'm, inviting myself. I'm inviting myself over, but, um, I, <laughs> please I come would, over. yeah, please come over. I would love, um, I just always ask everyone like what, you know, your stories are amazing. You're, and I feel like every time we talk that initial podcast with someone, there's so many notes I have written down. Cause I'm just like, Oh, I want to want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. So I would love to have you guys back on too, or on yours to really like, yeah, maybe like get into a specific topic, right. That we could yeah, really, sure. um, really expand on, but, um, for to kind of, um, you know, tie this one down the intro episode to the two of two of you is I always ask people like what, you know, what you would leave with the audience. Like what, like, what is your, passion, your, your, the story in a way of like everything we've always talked about is what you wanted to share, but it's like, what's that? Not a one thing. It's not a list of five things. It's just, what do you want to leave people with? Like, what do you, what's your goal of sharing your story? Right. And that's kind of what I, I like to bring around and ask at the end, if that's, if that's cool with you all, if you'd like yeah. to share <laughs> Love it. So anyone can go first. I mean, I think that our biggest goal, um, for us is just for people to not feel so alone mm. and, um, to be able to, and that's, that's why we share our stories, you know, is to empower other people to say, okay, I've had those feelings. I feel like I can now speak up and talk about how I'm feeling and it makes their life more beneficial and, and better quality because we are striving for people to not just survive, but to, to thrive and to be able to enjoy life. And, and we do a lot of surviving Amy and I, we, we do yeah. We spend a lot of time in just survival mode. So we get it like that is going to happen, but we don't spend our lives there. We don't stay there. And that's kind of, you know, why we try to talk about things too, is it's like, okay, 
I had a shitty week. I felt like shit. I yep. cried a lot. I didn't do much for myself, but I'm here. Yeah. Like I made it. It's Sunday. I'm here. Uh, you know, it's not Sunday today, but that's when we record. That's when we record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes. You made it. Yes. yes. We're like, we made it. And you know, so it's just, just that to take away that loneliness and just know to tell people like what you're feeling, somebody else is 100% feeling it to somewhere. They're just not talking about it and they're just not sharing it. So um, you know, Brene Brown is like a huge ins- uh, inspiration for me. I just like, I have such a woman crush on her, um, but she talks so much about vulnerability and how, you know, it is basically the key to everything and including, you know, happiness. And I just think that that's what we need to do is, is to spread the, the acceptance of being vulnerable mm-hmm. uh, with people and to be able to like, start by just like dipping your toe in that pool and finding the people that you can do it with. And then, you know, just continuing with that tribe and, and building a life of, of thriving and not surviving. Yeah. And authenticity. I I think that authenticity is so important to both Sarah and I, um, because I don't, I, I, and and I don't want people to have to get to be 40 before you realize it, that there's no point in doing it for any, for any other way. Um, you don't have to fake it until you make it. You don't have to, to, to pretend to be something you're not, you don't have to, um, you know, because the world's saying that I should be, and I'm, I'm in love again with my boyfriend. Um, uh, but, and it's been two years, I should be over my husband's death. Like, how the hell do you know? Like, you know, grief is a whole nother aspect of this. Like there's no timeline for any of it. There's no timeline for our mental health. There's no timeline for your grief and being real and honest, um, about those things is really the whole goal that Sarah and I have. And she said it, we just want people to know they're not alone that, you know, it doesn't matter. You didn't have to have a tragedy as big as Sarah and I's. It's enough to have anxiety. That's, you know, a social anxiety, you know, or whatever, whatever is going on with you is big and, and worthy of telling your story. Exactly. Your, Your story is worth telling. And I, like I said on my blog, your stories heal. Like that's how I healed is from reading other widows' stories and reading, and I'm writing a story. We're both writing our books right now. We're telling our stories, like they heal because that way we are connected as humans. Mm -hmm. And we know that like, it's not just us out there suffering in whatever, without pick, you know, the million Mm -hmm. ways we all suffer. So, you know, that you're just not alone and tell your story and don't be, don't be afraid because it helps people. And, you know, our, the, what we've been through where, you know, our goal is to be able to use that and help somebody else heal a little bit more quickly Mm -hmm. or not heal, like just sit in it, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. wherever you are. Right. Right. That's just being beautiful. Oh, that I'm um, that clip is going up on Instagram. Whenever I start to put this together, <laughs> that was so, oh my God, I could listen to both of you talk all day. And just, I think the biggest thing for people too, is that even if you don't feel comfortable in this kind of a setting, right. To share your story or go on Instagram and share, but it's like just telling someone, yes, telling yeah. someone is so like healing. It really mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. because then you realize, Oh, wait, like you felt that way too, or you like, and then it makes it not so 
huge. It makes that mountain. And and it's once you get it out of your brain, it's better. And Sarah and I do this. We preface it with, I don't want you to have to do anything. You have to do nothing. But I'm telling you, I'm having a shit week. Like Mm -hmm. I'm in a bad place. And just by saying that to her, like, I feel better. Cause I'm like, yes, someone else knows. knows. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So So yeah, um, like, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Sarah. No, I was going to say, like, we always say, it's like, you don't even have to respond to me. The, the no. text. Yeah, so that's like, that's my biggest encouragement. I think we talk about too. It's like, um, if you've never felt that, okay, with voicing with something, voicing how you're feeling with someone, like pick somebody you're really close to that you trust and just send them a text and just, because you don't have to do it face to face and just send them a text that says, Hey, um, like you don't have to say anything, but I just like need to tell somebody that I'm just not doing well today. Yes. yes. And yes. that's it. Just and that's all you have to do. And after you do it, you're probably going to be like, Oh my God, are they going to respond? Oh my God. And then you're going to wait for the three little dots to come up. And then yeah. you're gonna be like, what are they going to say? Oh my God. And you're telling yourself a story. That's not true. Mm-hmm. While those three little dots are going and you're going to, you're like, Oh my gosh, they're going to tell me they can't be friends with me anymore. And that they don't know what to say, but you know, and then you'll be, I think, pleasantly surprised with how, you know, people can react to you in those times of when you're feeling in a dark place. And, and sometimes I think it's just to have someone hold space for you. Like yes. that's something, yes. that's something that Heather, Heather could have been Absolutely. on this conversation. Absolutely. She said it to me for years. That was the first time I've ever had someone say that to me, how you guys said it wasn't, Oh, Casey, how's your, how's your house or how's your whatever. Heather was that friend that was like, no, how are you? Like, yeah. and I was like, Whoa, I feel right. seen. I feel like in it. And, and Heather has always said to me, I, I'm just, I want to hold space for you. What do you, yes. what do you need? What do you need yep. to say? And I was like, wow, that is a beautiful friendship. Oh, we got yeah. a little buddy. So we're almost <laughs> there. We got little friends joining us, but, um, so shout out Heather. We'll have to have Heather on the next one. Yeah. You could, we could have a four going and <laughs> yeah, we would, be, we we could. would blow people's mind. Like it's, <laughs> it's insane. But, um, so tell everyone where they can find you guys. So and you, where they can, I'll, I'll put all your links below, obviously, but where they can find you and, and, uh, what you've got going on for everyone. Yeah. Um, we are most active on Instagram. We are yeah. on all the places, all the socials, but we're like, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's, it's overwhelming. a little, yeah, it really is. Um, it and is. we're, we're old. So it's like, <laughs> like how do you, no, even- I, it's I been on our list of things to do to get a TikTok going I know, for we're like, like uh, four weeks. And we're like, oh, I can't, I can't, I, I just can't bring myself. I try, I'll make one. And then I'm like, I just, I, the energy needs to go other places. Yeah. For me. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we're, we're most active on Instagram. We're yeah. at unqualified therapists. Um, it's plural. So we're there and you can email us. If you guys just want to tell us, if you want us to be the first person that you're vulnerable with and tell how you're feeling, you can email us to unqualified therapists at gmail.com. Um, you can, hi Avery. Um, <laughs> we heard about you, Avery. Yes. yes. <laughs> he's my oh my buddy. God. Adorable. Adorable. Yeah, he's my little buddy. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, we do have a website. You can go to unqualifiedtherapists.com and, uh, listen to our episodes there, but we are on all the, everywhere you get your podcasts, you can find us. So awesome. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Apple podcasts, all the good. Google everything, Amazon, yeah. all of it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And then you both have books coming out. We do. Yeah. I love do. that. 
I love we, that. So when are those? We're in the thick of it. So yes. we are in the thick of it. We yes. are in the thick of it. So awesome. hopefully, hopefully in the next year. And our yeah. big goal, we should just put it out there again, Sarah. Our Do big it. Goal is to hit the road. Yeah. So uh, we really want to take our show on the road, and we have been putting that out there over and over. And we just we're very excited to get that opportunity once the world, you know, calms down a little bit and, um, it's safe. Yeah. Oh my God. I will be there and I will help share about it. And I like love that. Yes. Yes. Because that's the beauty of this world. It's like people need to support each other and help each other. And and I'm so glad to be connected with the two of you. I appreciate this and you guys taking the time to hang out with me in my living room. Um, but I'm like, so freaking pumped. I just feel like selfishly I'm, I get to have more friends now because I podcast. So it's like, I'm like meeting these people and I'm like, yes, we're friends. I know. I love it. I I love it. I I love it. So you guys can find them at unqualified therapist. I'll make sure to leave all their information in the show notes, of course, because we are such qualified podcasters that we put that stuff put that stuff in the show notes but make sure to follow Sarah and Amy and I will be seeing everyone in the next episode 